It's 2007. Minnesota officials have just come out with a new plan for beavers. The plan? To get rid of as many beavers and their dams as possible, especially on a few rivers and streams near Lake Superior. They fly helicopters to find exactly where the beavers live, then they hire trappers to catch and kill beavers. One of the guys they hire is Dan Croak, a trapping legend in Minnesota. Yeah, well, I'm 75 now, and I started trapping them when I was probably 10 years old. He's trapped thousands of animals near Duluth, Minnesota. Beaver, mink, otter, fox. The state's instructions to Croak for this job were simple. Kill them all, she says. This is Points North, a podcast about the land, water, and inhabitants of the Great Lakes. I'm Dan Wanshura. Simply put, they're killing beavers to help fish, particularly steelhead trout. But some people are not on board with that. Today's episode is all about that conflict and about how our scientific understanding of the role of beavers may be changing. Joe Fredericks from WTIP North Shore Community Radio has the story right after this. Support for Points North comes from Cherry Republic, celebrating northern Michigan's tart cherries with products like jams, barbecue sauces, chocolate-covered cherries, and more. Online at cherryrepublic.com. And Aspire North Realtors, bringing real estate professionals together, supporting their involvement in the community, and advocating for the industry in a sustainable way. Online at AspireNorthRealtors.com. People love fishing for steelhead, in part, because they're tough to catch. They're one of the harder-fighting fish in the river. They're, when they first come in, they're bright silver, and they're strong, and they're fast, and they jump, and they take long runs. The excitement of hooking a steelhead, for me, is second to none. Dave Olson started fishing for steelhead when he was a kid. You remember catching your first steelhead? I do, yes. I was uh, nine years old, uh, and as soon as I caught that first steelhead, I knew that this was something that I was going to do for a long time. <laughs> and you landed it, you got it in? And the I did. The first steelhead I got, I still remember it like it was yesterday. It took off upriver and then downriver and jumped, and uh, after a lengthy battle, I was able to get it in, and I just was just in awe of the strength and power and and overall beauty of the fish. Today, Olson is fishing for steelhead on the Knife River on the north shore of Lake Superior. It's a prime spot to catch the fish in Minnesota, and it's at the heart of the conflict between beavers and steelhead trout. Olson moves to the edge of the knife in an area with a slower current to take a cast. It's a cloudy day and the fish aren't biting. Olson says that's probably because recent rains have the Knife River swollen to its banks. Steelhead are rainbow trout that migrate. They leave the river where they're born, swim out to a bigger body of water, and then come back to the river to spawn. Those fish need to be able to access those inland waters um, where their spawning habitats are. Desiree Hendrickson is with the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. And so um, beaver dams can often block those fish from accessing those areas that they need to get to. On top of that, she says, beaver dams can make the water warmer, 
which isn't great for cold water loving fish like steelhead. The Knife River watershed is ground zero in Minnesota. It's where a lot of steelhead spawn. It's also where a lot of beavers build dams. And it's not just steelhead that are blocked, Hendrickson says. It's other fish, too. Hendrickson is the regional fisheries manager out of Duluth. So it's her job to help the fisheries thrive, which in this case means killing beavers and removing dams. It happens in other Great Lakes states, too, including in Wisconsin and Michigan, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture Wildlife Services. It's not a new practice. People have been trapping beavers across the Great Lakes for centuries for different reasons. First, Native Americans trapped beavers in the region, using their fur and meat. Then the large rodents were all the rage during the 17th century fur trade. Records from the Minnesota Historical Society show they were a major driver of the regional economy before logging and mining became commonplace. During this time, beavers were almost trapped to extinction. But as the price of pelts declined over the years and tree regrowth provided more food, the population of beavers slowly recovered. And as beavers repopulated the landscape, there were more conflicts between beavers and people, including steelhead anglers. The Minnesota DNR started managing beavers in the 50s and 60s, Hendrickson says, but the state agency started aggressive trapping and removing dams in 2007. This was part of an ongoing effort to help the steelhead population rebound. Anglers and people within the DNR thought removing dams would help the fish numbers improve, says Hendrickson. Plus, she says, groups like the Lake Superior Steelhead Association and Trout Unlimited were putting pressure on the DNR. The state listened to them, in part because the steelhead fishery brings in money. Fishing in general is a $4.4 billion industry in Minnesota, according to state officials. It's a big industry all across the Great Lakes. Great Lakes Fishery Commission says it brings in more than $7 billion annually. So in 2007, the Minnesota DNR introduced a plan to remove as many beavers as possible from the Knife River watershed and a few other rivers and streams. I mean, ideally, if we could eliminate the majority of beaver in the entire watershed, we would have a lot less maintenance trapping to do. Hendrickson says they'd send out a helicopter to do an aerial survey and figure out where the beavers were, and then they'd get to work. Sometimes that meant removing dams by hand, and other times it meant blowing them up. There are occasionally very large dams that form, and those typically we have to remove um, with explosives. Trappers would come in to kill the beavers. Trappers like Dan Croak, who you heard at the beginning of the episode. And Desiree told me she's responsible to the, to the Steelhead Association. We had a meeting down at the hatchery, and we were getting uh, our plan set up for the, the fall eradication program. And she gave me a two-page spreadsheet with uh, one the map and then a list of all the dams. And she says, go kill them all. Croak says he trapped and killed the high-priority beavers in the state that fall. And then that was it. I, I stopped working for the feds and, and the DNR at that time. So it just didn't make any sense to me. You just, just kill them all, she says. Croak's obviously not opposed to killing beavers. He's been trapping for about 65 years. He's in the Minnesota Trappers Association's Hall of Fame. But in order to have more beavers to trap next year, you need to leave some alive. 
I want a, a viable population of fur bearers and trout. Desiree Hendrickson with the DNR says Croak is right about what their goal was back in the early 2000s. They didn't want to leave many beavers behind. And so back then, we did decide to attempt to see if we could get the numbers down to a point where we were not having to spend as much money. Money to trap and kill beavers and remove dams year after year. But she says they never got even close to removing all the beavers from the Knife River watershed or other rivers and streams. On the Knife River, the DNR says on average, 27 beavers and just over 18 dams are removed per year. Hundreds of dams have been removed in Michigan and Wisconsin over a few year time period, according to USDA Wildlife Services. Around the same time Dan Croak stopped trapping for the DNR, some other people started speaking up, mainly residents near the Knife River and the Trappers Association. They held public events calling on the DNR to change its approach and remove fewer beavers and dams. In 2009, the DNR did just that. In their new management approach, they would keep taking beavers from the main stem of the Knife River, but they'd leave them in many of the tributaries and upper parts of the river says Desiree Hendrickson. In the end, we came to a compromise that is the point at which we have been operating from for the last close to 15 years. But pretty much no one is happy with that compromise. And certainly, fiscally, it's a burden on us. Kevin Bovey says he and his group of like-minded anglers once believed the only good beaver was a dead beaver. He's the secretary of the Lake Superior Steelhead Association. These days, he says there can be room for both steelhead and beavers on the Knife River, so long as beaver dams aren't getting in the way. We don't advocate every single beaver should be killed. It's the ones that block access are the ones that cause us a little angst. <laughs> Sherry Zoff is hopeful that beavers can continue to have a home in and around the Knife River. She's a member of the grassroots organization called Advocates for the Knife River Watershed. Zoff lives along the Knife River. She says there used to be a beaver dam there, but it came apart naturally in the late 90s. And the beavers have tried to move back in. On, unfortunately, my neighbor did let the trappers come in and trap them a few years ago. She says since the DNR keeps trapping the beavers, this stretch of the knife is less inviting. There was once a pond, but now a swath of tag alders and Clusters of non-native reed canary grass grow by the river's edge. The advocates of the Knife River watershed say both the removal of beaver dams and forest clear-cutting have led to increased erosion on the knife. They say beaver dams can act like speed bumps in the river and help slow down the water as it moves through the watershed. That's especially important as the climate changes and precipitation becomes more extreme, according to the group. In contrast, officials from USDA Wildlife Services say beaver dams are a major cause of habitat degradation in the streams that drain into Lake Superior, Lake Huron, and Lake Michigan. And of course, they say they're bad for trout. But new research shows it could be the exact opposite, that beavers might not be so bad for trout after all. In 2018 and 2019, scientists at the University of Minnesota Duluth studied dams on a couple of rivers in the state, including the Knife. 
And in those spots, they found that during their study, dams didn't necessarily block fish from migrating up and down the river. Professor Karen Grand led the research team. So as long as water was able to get over the top of the dam at some point during that time period, the fish were able to move over the dam. In fact, they found essentially no difference in fish movement where there were dams and where there weren't any. Grant says the dams they studied also had another important function for fish, like steelhead, that thrive in cooler water. The dams are providing storage capacity. They're holding water back so that it's available later in the summer. And they're also, in some cases, cooling the water down if it is seeping through the subsurface and coming up downstream. I think that's all beneficial to a species downstream. It was a small, short-term study, and they didn't look at spawning steelhead. Grant says more research is needed on that. The study didn't change the Minnesota DNR's main goal, removing beavers and dams from key trout rivers to make way for the fish. But the DNR did make some changes. Desiree Hendrickson says two years ago, they reduced the number of beaver dams they removed from the Knife River. But, at least for now, they're still killing beavers and remain in that state of compromise where few people are happy. That episode was produced by Joe Fredericks from WTIP North Shore Community Radio. Coming up next time on Points North, at its core, migration is a movement from a place of scarcity to a place of abundance. It's an escape. Allison Vlog has observed many bird migrations over the years, and that itself became her escape. The Seventh-day Adventist congregation that I went to was pretty restrictive. You couldn't do things like drink coffee or like listen to syncopated music or play cards. How birds and migrating around migration helped shape one woman's view of who she is. Next time on Points North. Today's episode was edited by Morgan Springer. Additional editing by Ed Ronco and me, Dan Wanshura. Music by Corey Gray, Aldous Ignite, Johnny Ripper, Portron Portron Lopez, Lazy Salon, and Salmon Like the Fish. If you want more stories from around the Great Lakes, subscribe to Points North wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at Points North Podcast. Points North is a production of Interlochen Public Radio.